it's time to panic. First Phoenix race of the year is coming gone. We got to see the new rules package for mile and under tracks in action. William Byron wins back-to-back races for the first time in his career. Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain's beef has begun to balance out a bit. All of this and more as we talk about the race that happened in Phoenix. Look forward to the wild cards next weekend at Atlanta. Donnie, I think this is officially the latest that we've ever <laughs> recorded a podcast. Absolutely. Not necessarily latest in the week, but definitely latest in the evening. Uh, yeah. So if it gets out of hand, I guess the edit button will have to go aggressive. If we're yeah. under 40 minutes, we know we cut a lot out. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, so. What do you think? I thought it was good um, overall, uh, the race in Phoenix. I uh, The action at the front was lacking a little bit, but I think that was just because the 5 and 24 apparently have some things figured out this year that the rest of the field hasn't caught on to yet. But throughout the pack, I thought the racing was good. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was definitely better than Vegas. I mean, so, yeah, the end was pretty wild. Like you said, the dominance of the five and the four. I mean, seeing Kevin Harvick run up there, that was fun. But, man, yeah. William Byron back-to-back. Back-to-back. He's looking like a champion right now. He is looking good. And first time in his career, he's got back-to-back. And I think that gives him some really positive momentum as we start to head into um, the late spring, even into the early summer races, right? I mean, as crazy as it is to believe. I'm looking next week, you know, like, William Byron won Atlanta last year. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> let's let's be honest. I know this is crazy to think about in a way, but we're 10% of the way through the season already. So um, to to be making your mark this early is not a bad thing, as long as it's not where you peak. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, these Hendrick boys aren't looking like they're going to be slowing down anytime soon. Well, and to be fair, I know we're recording this a little bit earlier in the week than we normally do. But they do have that potential penalty for those louvers hanging over their head. So we'll see what happens with that, see if that changes anything. But I think it's um, important to note that they did pass tech inspection after the race. So it doesn't look like the wind will be taken from them. Now, they may lose points um, and things like that. So um, for for a guy like Alex Bowman, for example, who inherits the points lead this week, there's potential that he may actually lose it. Um, in the same week without actually having run the race. So um, so that's that's an interesting little development that could really affect all of those guys, um, except for Byron, who has a win. But uh, Larson, uh, Elliott, who's not running right now, and Bowman, none of them have wins. Uh, so that would get, make it that much more pivotal, I guess we'll say, to make sure that they're being consistent and getting good runs. But I do think you're right. I think I think Williams setting himself up to be uh, a championship favorite right now, and I think 
if you ignore the fact that Larson has lost the last two races on late race restarts and just look at how he's run, I think you say the same about the five, but um, based yeah, on... Right there. Yeah, based on the fact William stole those runs, stole both of those wins from him is the only thing that I think is giving him an advantage in my eyes right now. Yeah, and honestly, I'm going to give William credit in Vegas. Like, that was his race. Yeah, yeah, I will say, he he deserved Vegas the same way that Harvick probably deserved yesterday. Yeah, he he Alex Bowman his way to the win there in (laughs) Phoenix. (laughs) Hack. Yeah. Um. Actually, so well, I don't care how he gets the wins as long as he gets the wins. It doesn't matter, right? That's so. it. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, the new rules package was interesting. Uh, not only the wet weather element of it, but the low downforce. Uh, I thought it actually created really good action throughout the field. I'm excited to see how this might take a more boring track. Personally, a more boring track like New Hampshire that we're going to run it at later in the year and see what that does to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anything to spice New Hampshire up, I'm all for that there. I guess really hometown track kind of is the closest thing to us. A lot of people hate on it, so hopefully, you know, this package will bring some more excitement back to racing in New Hampshire. I mean, we've got we've got Gary Speedway and Petty Kodiak, though. <laughs> That's true. Speedway <laughs> 660. Woohoo! In the Gary Woods, they say. <laughs> um, I actually one thing I did notice: the rules package did seem to lend itself to a lot more tire wear, and I felt that it looked like the cars were handling a lot worse than they typically do, which I think is what we've been asking for all along. When we look at, you know, you go to Martinsville last year and you couldn't even bump a guy out of the way because <laughs> the car just gripped. And if yeah, you absolutely. did get a little out of shape, you just downshift it and, and drove away. And I think that with this new package, we might not see that. I'm actually really excited to see what the result is at a track like Martinsville that sucked so bad last year. It was the worst race we yeah. had, as far as I'm concerned. The two worst races we had. Yeah, Absolutely. This package is long overdue, but on the same reasons, excited to see it play out there. Yeah, that Martinsville should be one of the best tracks on our circuit, and last year it was purely horrid. <laughs> and if ever there was a track that we expect Hendrick Motorsports to dominate, it's that one. So, you know, just maybe prematurely add another one onto the checklist there. But right now, it's not just Hendrick. Chevrolet as a whole is just... I mean, they're on a roll. Four four wins undefeated yeah. on the season, except for, you know, the Clash, which doesn't count for anything other than bragging rights. But I don't think yeah. I don't think anyone at Ford is looking at their season so far and being like, yeah, we won the Clash. Let's start bragging. <laughs> and I mean, it was Toyota that won the Clash, so I doubt Ford is bragging too much about it. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was Truex, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's almost, almost like I'm not as mentally prepared for this evening as I should be. But <laughs> I just, I dislike Truex so much. I even remove his victories. <laughs> no, I'm just tormenting. But um, speaking of beef, though, Denny and Ross r- ran into each other again. Yeah, 
absolutely. Uh, you think this is over, or do you think this is just ramping it back up again? I I don't think it ever really ramped down. Um, in yeah. many ways, I I think I think the score kind of sets back to zero in an off season in my mind, unless it's like extremely egregious, which I don't think anything Ross did last year was exceptionally horrible, uh, except for maybe <laughs> not specifically to Denny, but. At uh, I think it was Daytona or Talladega, he was one of the lap cars. There was two of them running side by side, and and then he split and went up to the top lane, which really bungled everything up. That was the yeah. most egregious thing I thought he did. But as far as to Denny well, himself, last year, Denny said like when Denny retaliated, they said, "Are you even?" He's like, "Really? You think that's it?" Yeah, but I think Denny's keeping count. I think so too. Um, but I think I think he's gonna have to let that go. I I think he had his opportunities last year. He didn't take them. You know, um, it reminded me a lot of Martin Truex when he's like, you know, he may have won the the battle, but he's not gonna win the war. And then he went ahead and won the war. So uh, I kind of feel yeah. like that's what happened between Denny and Ross. Denny talked a big game and never acted on it. And I think now you're past the point where you have any real credibility to do it. Yeah. I think what Denny needs to focus on now is not Ross Chastain, but getting the Toyota to victory lane. Yeah, I think Denny's at a point where his only focus needs to be a championship. I realize wins are great, but um, this side activity between drivers and the beef that's there, I think you just need to wash your hands of that and move on and go get a title. Otherwise, you're just the greatest to never have, you know? (laughs) That's it. And nobody wants that title. I don't care what they say. Maybe Mark Martin. Nah, even he doesn't really want that title. He's okay with it, but <laughs> nobody wants that title. No, that's true. You know. Um, I was interested why there was no caution thrown for that in a way. Simply because NASCAR seemed pretty quick to be on the trigger button right at that time. Oh, um, like that... Uh, was it Harrison Burton? I mean, he gathered it up. The cars were spread out, and he gathered it up. I really thought, you know, uh, it was it was unfortunate. I would have really liked to seen Kevin Harvick win that race. Um, for one, yeah. I, I picked him, so I mean, there's that. But uh, <laughs> you squeezed me to get him. I I didn't squeeze you. You did that on your own volition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I really thought Kevin had probably the best drive of the day. I mean, those two guys started at the front. Yeah, I mean, and those two guys started at the front, had clean air all day. He worked his way up through the pack to get there. Thought he did a fantastic job. And if anyone anyone could say he deserved to win a race or someone deserved to win a race, I think saying Harvick deserved to win that race is probably as close to accurate as you can get. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Um... But that's two weekends in a row now they didn't throw a caution for things I probably thought they would have. Um, but yeah. you never know. We'll see. Um, it, sure. I was disappointed to see Harrison spin and uh, <laughs> and then that come I a caution. I think you Ford manufacturing and anyone else not in a Chevy would sad to see that. Yeah, I mean, you would have to think today that perhaps it's not just... <laughs> The Wood Brothers and, and Kevin Harvick that's upset with with Burton's performance there at the end of that race, but it's probably Ford as a whole 
And without Ford's support, I don't know that Harrison really has that many options in Cup right now. And yeah. we've seen that Wood Brothers car kind of be either a stepping stone or a we saw you time to bounce uh, ride, right? And I, I think at this point, yeah. I don't think anyone's really looking at Harrison Burton as somebody that they're looking to pick up and put in a top tier ride, or at least yeah, absolutely not to me. Like when you had Blaney running that, like you knew it was just a matter of time until he took Penske. Yeah, and I mean even De Benedetto like had some competitive runs in that. Yeah, I don't and think Harrison's just. I know he, you know, last year is his rookie season, but he hasn't really given you anything to say. Oh yeah, he's he's gonna set it on fire soon. Well, you say that, but I mean, I remember one guy predicting that he <laughs> would. We don't need to go back that far. I was an idiot. He I'll was. Admit it. I was wrong. <laughs> he would. He would simultaneously become the two hundredth winner in NASCAR. Okay. Well, a hundred winner for Ford. And a hundred winner for Wood Motors. Uh, or not Wood Motors, Wood Brothers. Yeah, Wood Motors. <laughs> Shout out to your old Bob. Wood Motors, Ford, and Fredericton, the new NASCAR <laughs> Cup team. Yeah, but I, uh, yeah. Who do you think, out of the Ford garage, who do you think is the guy that has the best opportunity? I mean, I think, I think Kevin Harvick had the best opportunity we've seen so far. But who are you looking at right now and going, I think that's the guy who's probably going to get it done. Is it Kevin or is it someone else for you? Like, it's someone else, but Joey Logano, and it's not because of how he's raced this year because he's had some bad luck recently. But, I mean, defending champ, like, you just you can't count him out at any race. Uh, I'd like to say Brad Kozlowski. Like, he's looking good. He's running up front, but he's just not getting the finishes. Yeah, but I feel like they're just a few, you know, tweaks away from being competitive again. But I think but, that's where somewhere like Atlanta this weekend might really change your odds a bit too, right? Like this is effectively a super speedway race on a smaller scale. Yeah. So I think there's a certain level of equilibrium that becomes from that simply because of the style of race we're going to, and I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Brad. Um, do really well at a track like that. Brad and Busher both did quite well at Daytona in February. So it'd be interesting to see yeah. if they can kind of take that and come back to Atlanta and perhaps perform well again. And another guy that we've seen do that in the past too was Corey LaJoy last year. Ran really well at Atlanta. Almost got the almost got the win if it hadn't have been for <laughs> Chase throwing a block and him getting into the wall. He yeah. he might have just pulled that off and got the upset. It'd be interesting to see to see if he was in the same situation this year, obviously with another driver, because Chase won't be back, but it'd be interesting to see if he reacted in a different way or capitalized on that opportunity and, and pulled something off. But I, you know, that's the, I think that's the excitement of what this weekend might bring for us. Yeah, for sure. And you got to think you try and capitalize on it. Like these guys that aren't, you know, competitive week in and week out really don't get the respect that they deserve. And so I think they're kind of realizing, you know what, I can't try and race fair every time. Like, you'll probably see a little more pushing and shoving from the backbench guys if they're, you know, in a position to win for sure. Right. I, I think if you look at how Corey reacted last year, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact of, oh, I don't want to wreck this guy or, oh, I don't want to, you know, win this way. Um, yeah. I think that's why he kind of avoided to the point where he got into the wall. I think he had room to make the move, 
because uh, I do think yeah. Chase left him the room, but I think he was not trying to basically lose the reputation he's built, you know, not remove the pennies right. that he's been stacking. And I don't think, given the opportunity to do it again this time, that he wouldn't go, okay, you know what? I can race like these guys race just because I'm not in top tier equipment doesn't mean I can't run as a exactly. a driver with the same opportunities. And I would really like to see a guy like Corey LaJoy or, um, you know, one of those guys that we haven't really seen perform that well. I mean, it's a bit of a stretch, but someone, well, I guess Ty Dillon's on the same team. So I guess we're talking same, same manufacturer, same equipment. But someone that perhaps we don't see perform well regularly, that's where I'm really looking forward to this weekend because it, it does give a extra level of equality to the action. For sure. But, like, just the way the season's going, as you got to imagine, it's going to be a Chevy that's there in victory lane. Yeah, I, I do. I I don't really know. <laughs> I don't really know what you can do to counteract that at this point without just riding it out and seeing what transpires. Like I said earlier, we are still a short, a short portion of the season in, and in fairness... Two of the four wins are from the same driver, which, you know, you would never, you would never fault somebody for getting back-to-back wins and go, oh, the manufacturer as a whole is dominant. So, yeah. and if, I mean, Ford and Toyota, they're not getting blown out. Like it isn't like a top ten Chevy, and then these guys are in mid-pack, but like they just can't seem to get it together when it matters at the end of a race. Yeah, I think like, we were so close to having a Ford win on Sunday; it wasn't even funny. Right, even Blaney looked good at the end there, but like Byron's just been on another level. Yeah, I actually think the difference maker there wasn't so much Chevrolet as it was William Byron. I think he yeah. saw an opportunity. Uh, sorry, opportunity. He saw an opportunity and flat out seized it. And that's yeah. that's the killer instinct that I think you need to be successful at that level. But I was, I was actually kind of devastated for Kevin Harvick. Not. Oh yeah. Not gonna like, lie. You want to see a guy go out. Like I'd love to see Kevin Harvick at least you know race in the playoffs this year. Last season, the guy's been a class act for his career. Like you want to see him go out on top. Well, not and, necessarily championship, but I mean you know. And the reality is, I feel like I contributed a little bit to that because I flat out said last week that we wouldn't see a resurgence from Kevin Harvick. <laughs> and. Predictions have been wrong all year. No, I don't need to take him as my first pick. I'll take Bell. (laughs) Listen, you had a good pick. Bell ran third or fourth all day long. I thought for sure you were going to get that, but um, you didn't, so there's that. (laughs) Um, Speaking of winners and losers this week, um, I I feel like we're quite a bit further into the podcast than we normally are at this point, but, um, but winners, man... One guy that I feel like needs to get pointed out is Josh Berry. Um, we kind of ragged on him last week, but he turned it around this week. Yeah, very much so. Top 10 finish. Like, yeah. He went from, you know, I was saying he was a winner last week because he's driving a NASCAR. Like, who cares where you finish? But, yeah, bring it home top 10. That's awesome. Top 10 at a track where they took most of your downforce away and made it a complete and total, um, you know, I shouldn't say complete and total, but a lot more driver-oriented. I think that says a lot about who you are as a driver and what your capabilities are than perhaps we would have said elsewhere. Yeah. You know, 
if it happens this weekend instead of last, right? If it happens this weekend in Atlanta, we're all going to go, yeah, well, it's Atlanta. It's a super speedway type race. That's not unexpected. The fact it happened last week at Phoenix, that wasn't as expected. Absolutely. Uh, another guy that I ragged on last week, Tyler Reddick. I'd have to call him a winner this week. Finally got a, what was it, third place result. And he was third, yeah, best I mean, finish of the season. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, that's promising for Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin. I think, actually, that's the best finish for 23-11 this year, isn't it? I think Bubba had a fourth or a fifth there at uh, Fontana. but Yeah. But I think that's 23-11's best finish. So that's good that they're making strides forward, too. I think they're probably a bit indicative of Toyota as a whole making strides forward. Yeah. But uh, it was it was good to see Reddick get up there and get a result. Um, yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, like, you know, like Kyle Busch has already got that win on his team. You know, Reddick's itching to get to victory lane to show it wasn't a mistake that he left. Yeah. Now, having said that, we haven't seen the performance of the Kyle Busch since. Um, if we're if we're gonna pick and choose, you know we haven't we haven't really seen him have the same speed that he had the first two weeks of the year. Not to say that it's time to throw in the towel or worry, but um, yeah, I I think not that he's still not capable of winning. That he's not going to go on a tear and win three or four more. But I think we all kind of jumped jumped the gun a little bit to think that he was the solution perhaps to all of the issues that Richard Childress may or may not have. Absolutely. You know, it's a long year, so I'm sure lots can still change, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Mm. Cause I mean, Austin Dillon hasn't really looked that great so far this year. No, other than, other than that mustache at Daytona. (laughs) Yeah. That's the best thing going for him. (laughs) And the podium at the clash. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like, from the clash, like, finishing second and third, and, like, we thought RCR was really turning around and then that big win with Bush. But now it's just like, okay, let's see how it all plays out. Like, is it for real, or was it just kind of a quick start to the season? It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I think the key will be finding ways to take that speed that they have from one week to the next and find a way to make it consistent. Does that make sense? I, I don't think it's necessarily a lack of speed. It's just some weeks they hit it and some weeks they don't. And I think they've got to do a little better job of figuring out, okay, what do we need this week? And, and taking that to the track off the trailer instead of trying to chase yeah. the car once they get there. And that might There's come down to Sims. or Yeah. And, like, once the playoffs turn out, like, you can't take those off weeks. You can't have the rough weeks because those are the things that end your season. Right. Then you're you're really behind the eight ball. And, and desperation mode is never a positive thing when you're when you're in a situation where everybody else is prepared. Desperation's yeah. not going to pay off enough. No. Yeah. Uh, who you got for, uh, for a loser this week? I mean, I love to say it. Kyle Larson. <laughs> Reason for wins. <laughs> back-to-back weeks and you lose to your teammate. I mean, I know he's competitive. I know racing number two is never a bad thing, but to fall that quick, like back-to-back, and he didn't even finish. That kid did he finished. Uh, I think he, did he finish? Do you remember? I think he finished fourth. I think he finished behind uh, behind Reddick. Uh, yeah. I think it was Blaney, Reddick, and him. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Last week, like, you 
you almost won and you shouldn't have won. That was Byron's race to win. But this week, once that caution came out, that was your race to win. You had the best short run of the day. The speed was there. And you just he never closed it. So I have to say it's a plus for him, especially with the equipment he's driving. He needs to be getting that across the finish line into victory lane. Yeah, I typically consider Hendrick Motorsports to have a very much, I don't want to say that it's specifically laid out this way as a hierarchy at, at HMS because I don't believe that it is, but I think anyone would look at that organization and go, okay, you got your top two guys in Larson and Elliott, and then you've got your third and fourth string guys in Byron and Bowman, and right now we've got a first string guy who's currently out, injured, and we've got the other guy who can't beat your third or fourth stringer, depending on how you look at it. And so I think uh, I think that says a lot, not only about William Byron, uh, but I think it says a little bit about Kyle Larson. Everyone everyone tends to kind of peg him almost as immortal, like no one can touch him. But yeah. same equipment two weeks in a row, you know, starting on the front row with a late race restart, and all of a sudden. Here we are. He's not been able to get the victory in either one of those. And it's not like it was a pit strategy issue because I believe both weeks they took the same pit strategy. Uh, and so yeah. you can't put it to that. You know, I, I think he was it, right where he wanted to be and he just couldn't get it done. 100%. I think he had the opportunity, even more so than um, than Byron in a lot of ways. I think oh, he yeah. had Byron a. Byron had no business winning that race. Like no, he started on the outside. Like he outdrove Kyle Larson in the unpreferred line. Yeah. To get that win at Phoenix, um, so that was really good. Um, another, another loser that I'm gonna give you. This is the second time I think we've talked about them already this year as a loser, but Legacy MC, uh, they have not had a good start to the season. Um, there was. Early turmoil at Daytona when Richard made his comments about Jimmy and things like that. But we've got Eric Jones sitting in 28th and Gregson in 32nd. And those are not great results. (laughs) You never know. Maybe maybe he's right. Um, Or here's the other. Maybe Jimmy gave him some control back. Maybe that's the issue. (laughs) But it doesn't seem to be going their way. I mean, it's not... It doesn't seem like there's even improvement week in, week out. And this is a team, that's a team we saw some speed out of last year. You know, Eric Jones, Eric Jones, I I believe he won last year at the Southern 500, did he not? Yes, Uh, he did. After the the playoffs had started, he wasn't in the playoffs, but he he won after the fact. And, you know, we saw saw race winning speed out of those guys, not just for that race, pretty consistently, especially early in the year. We're not seeing it this year, and they've got they've got that alliance with uh, with RCR as well, I believe. You know that the Trackhouse has, so there's something not right there because they have the same equipment as guys who are performing very, very well, or similar, I should say, to guys that are performing yeah. very, very well, and they're not getting the job done. But I mean, when you have that in-house talking going on, you know things aren't great. So like, you wonder how these boys are showing up to work every, you know every day through the week, like if stuff's that bad that you're airing your laundry out on TV at the biggest race of the year, like I can't imagine it's a fun place to work right now. Well, and you always got to wonder too, you know, the guys who stayed there 
or the guys who were there already versus the guys who were brought in after the the merger or the the buy-in or whatever you want to call it you know now you've got the two people that were involved in that whether it was the people that stayed with came with Richard or the guys that came after the fact well chances are they're going to pick sides too and I don't think you can I don't think you can be successful when you're working against each other. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. And I really absolutely. think I really think that's what Rich, what Richard's comments kind of either showed or created. Um, yeah. You know, there's a chance that that wasn't happening before Daytona, but I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that we probably, if we were flies on the wall, we probably would have saw something similar to that before we ever got to Daytona Beach. Yeah, hundred percent. You got anybody else in the loser column this week? Uh, I got you for two. <laughs> <laughs> I accept that. <laughs> you wanna? Do you wanna recap them, or do we just wanna, you know, tell the listeners that I, I'm apparently after week one, kind of figuring things out a bit? Because week one, you had me two to nothing. And yeah. I don't think I've had a losing week yet. I've had one where we tied. Yeah, but we after two nothing, one one, and then you've taken the path two in a sweep, have you? I believe so. Well, yeah. time to end that this week. I'm soon gonna have to let you take both picks and then let me pick. <laughs> I mean, Shut up. I want it to be somewhat fair, right? Like, <laughs> I don't want people listening to think that I'm bullying you or. <laughs> You know, especially after last week where you tried to act as though I somehow snuck Harvick from you. <laughs> as you say, he's never going to mount anything this year. No resurgence. Because I have him number one on my list. I'm I, didn't, thinking, oh, well. I didn't say he wasn't going to amount to anything. I just said we're not going to see, like, another nine-win season out of him like we had in 2020 or 21, <laughs> whenever it was. And then you took that to mean that, like, I was oblivious to the fact that he's probably the best driver at that track. Yeah. Even like I legit, I had Kevin Harvick and Christopher Bell. That was my pick. Well, you should have done that. Right. And I was like, well, there's no chance that he's taken Harvick. Listen to him talk. So I'm like, just in the odd case that he'd take Christopher Bell, just to mess with me. I want to take him. Here's the best part. I feel like both of us know that there's not a sweet chance that, I'm ever going to opt for the Toyota driver. I shouldn't say never, but typically that's yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, you took the other week. I know, and I felt dirty doing it. Like, it didn't <laughs> feel good to me. Well, I mean, everything I touch turns to gold. I'm like King Midas over here. <laughs> I'm about to start predicting Rick Rare Racing gets a win just so I can make it happen. <laughs> Do it this week, please. <laughs> Oh, I uh, that might be something I save for uh, for Coda. I think um, I yeah. think you put Jensen Button in that car. Might just see something happen. I tell you what, if I go undefeated this week, I will put Jensen Button in my Coda car. <laughs> well, that's not going to happen. I will take Jensen and Kimi Raikkonen, and you can put up whoever you want. <laughs> <laughs> well. As we've so clearly stated, you lost last week. So you get to pick first this week. Who you got? Oh, I suppose we should recap a little bit um, because we yeah. never did touch on second picks. But um, I picked 
Harvick after you declined to take him in the first round by choosing Christopher Bell, uh, which yep. I love to to say. Um, so Harvick won there. By uh, one position. Oh, are we somehow doing a uh, a different <laughs> chart now, or is it just he won? I almost had you, man. I almost <laughs> had you. <laughs> Don't quote my favorite movie <laughs> to me. Uh, and then uh, you took Turex Jr. and I took my man Bowman, and yeah. uh, and Bowman brought it home with his fourth top ten in a row to start the season. Has not finished outside the top ten yet this year. Only driver that can say that in the garage right now, which is is why he's on top of the leaderboard too. So now, how in the world do you pick for Atlanta? Easy. You take a Chevy and you take a guy that's hot, William Byron. Oh, okay. You think we're going for the three Peter? You just hoping that he gets like a solid finish? No, I think he. I think he's got a great shot. Like the kid looks incredible this year, man. And his car just—he's keeping it clean. He's keeping it out of trouble. Like I just—he won last year. I, I honestly, I would not be sure. Like I feel like he's going to get me a top five. Okay, so you don't you don't think that that's enough of a jinx to take him out of contention, eh? Funny, as soon as I tell you I like to drive, it's a jinx. <laughs> I'm the opposite of the Midas touch. <laughs> uh, I am going to. Who am I going to put up against Willie B? Um, I'm going to go Blaney, uh, and. Really comes down to let's see which uh, which driver Aaron is the lucky charm for. Alrighty. Well, then I guess that leaves me with Bowman. Oh, you know I hope you get the win with him. Same. Yeah. Because like I know you'll be happy, but at the same time I get that little bit of gratification that I picked him and you didn't. Yeah. And then we'll look at the and score the sheet. And... The season of who the real Bowman fan is. <laughs> <laughs> the guy with the autographed diecast behind his head every time <laughs> he records. Until you have your firstborn son wearing an Alex Bowman onesie. And who bought it for him? <laughs> Come on. Um, now I'm torn because I don't know who I want to put up against Bowman. Um, oh, you went all Hendrick. Yeah. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. Have you seen them? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But without their louvers, you know, <laughs> probably going to be running mid to backpack. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the thing. If I lose, then great, because that means somebody else is stepping up. But <laughs> if they keep the dominance going, then I get the point. <laughs> the win-win. You know what? I'm going to go HMS, too. I am going to take Josh Berry. <laughs> really? Yep. Josh Berry to outperform Alex moment. Well, here's the way I look at it. Here's (laughs) here's the way I look at it. Okay? If I win, I'm a genius. If I don't, Bowman beat me. It was great. Yeah. It's a a no-lose situation for me. Except for the potential to lose. Yeah. (laughs) This will be a 2 nothing, possibly 3 nothing week for me. 
How is it going to be three? Because if our driver wins the race, you get the extra point. Oh, I actually forgot about that. I'm not sure <laughs> we did that, but I think it works well, out I great. Need extra points, so we're doing it then. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Blaney wins, then we might go back and discuss it. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> the there's the caveat to that, right? Yeah. So just just to recap here, we've got Byron for you and Bowman. Because when you go to pick drivers, you just start through the alphabet and pick the first two you can think of. And... <laughs> Shoot, I should have went with Almirola. Me sitting here saying that, I took Blaney and Barry. <laughs> 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 Literally went just as far down the list as you. Oh, so we we didn't pick anyone that didn't have a last name starting with B. Is that just a yeah. uh, super high ratio in the sport right now, or or is that coincidence? But um, so Blaney and well, Barry, say what you want. I, I won't. I wouldn't be surprised to see Barry have a good run, um, because I think he's going to be like he he's not necessarily looking to get a win. Don't get me wrong, he'd be happy to get it, but his job right now is just to maintain as much momentum as he can. Might be just exactly yeah. what someone needs to bring a car home clean in a race that could very well turn to chaos. Yeah. So I I don't know. I think you're off with that pick, but... I might be. I might be, but... Yeah, I think you are. Everyone has off weeks after, you know, <laughs> three on, I guess. It's yeah. just, you know... I don't want to overwhelm you. I mean, you're you're halfway out of the running already. Shut up. <laughs> well, Donnie, I think that's about all we have to discuss this week. Um, yeah. But uh, but that's that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, I actually um, I've, I've been really enjoying doing this with you, uh, and I say that not only for you and I being able to talk, but I've been really enjoying. Um, putting this out there for people to listen to each and every week. And uh, that was kind of the main goal was just to just to share our love of NASCAR with, with people that were maybe interested in listening. And so um, I've been appreciating that. I, I know you probably have been too. Yeah, it's been a great time. But, uh, but nonetheless. Uh, nobody else listens to us. It's, you know, two best friends talking about NASCAR. I never said you were my best friend. Shut up. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is my last week of the podcast. <laughs> Back to guest host, I guess. Yeah, sorry, Ethan. Hey, come on now. <laughs> my coworkers still talk about the day you came in looking for Ethan. Just to be a jerk. <laughs> not not often, but every once in a while. Yeah. Um uh, <laughs> But nonetheless, that does wrap up another week here on Before the Green After the Checkers. We're extremely glad to have you continuing to listen each week. Uh, the numbers keep going up every week, and we're just so excited about that. Uh, but we've really been enjoying bringing you our thoughts and our love and our passion for NASCAR. Uh, we'd really appreciate it if you'd follow us on Facebook and subscribe to our podcast wherever it is that you listen to, uh, as it greatly helps us with all those algorithms out there in the podcasting world. And we can't wait to see you again next week after what could very well be one of the most exciting races of the season at Atlanta. Peace out, guys. Peace out.